Proverbs chapter 31. This is the cliche chapter for Mother's Day, uh, but I'd like to look at it today. I don't think we've looked at it in a few years, but uh, let's start in verse number 10 this morning, and uh, we'll have all the men stand and read, okay? And ladies, if you'd like to, you can as well, but of course, I already said we're not going to make you work on Mother's Day, but out of respect of God's word, if you'd like uh, to stand, let us do that together. Proverbs 31, verse 10, the Bible says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hand to the spindle, and her hands hold to the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Dear Father, I pray that you bless the, the word today. I ask that you would help us to honor and appreciate our mothers. Lord, I pray that you would give us uh, your, your heart in this message. I pray that you would uh, protect us from that which is not true, and I pray that you would implant in our hearts that which you want us to know. I do ask that you would give us a wonderful time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Honoring and appreciating mothers. Number one today, the portrait of a virtuous woman. We see there in verse number 10, her worth. Her worth. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price? Her worth, far above rubies. Not glass jewelry, not something that's costume jewelry, not something fake. A precious and rare stone. Her price, her worth, is a rare gem, above the value of a rare gem. Teddy Roosevelt, who I, I like Teddy Roosevelt a lot. I'm not sure if he was a born-again Christian. I'm not sure. Maybe you know that. But he was, he was a good president. And he was a great leader. And I think he's a really interesting person. But it's also 
fun to know for me that I have the same birthday as Teddy Roosevelt. And um, I saw somebody this week, and they said their birthday, and I said, that's my birthday. And I said, by the way, did you know it's Teddy Roosevelt's birthday? And he said, I didn't know that. And I said, well, now you do. But Teddy Roosevelt said, praying mothers are America's greatest assets. He knew enough to know that. Praying mothers are America's greatest assets. Her worth is far above rubies. Abraham Lincoln said, no one is poor who had a godly mother. You know, some of you may have grown up without anything. You maybe were uh, poorer than Job's turkey. But you didn't know it because you had a great mom. Or a great dad, or both a good mom, great mom and a great dad. But no one is poor who had a godly mother. Amen? Her devotion, we see that in verse 11. The Bible says, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. Her husband can trust her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Sadly, we do not see uh, that portrait played out very often in our society, do we? We see husbands that are unfaithful, and we see wives that are unfaithful. We see uh, spouses that are only looking out for their own interest in that marriage situation, in that relationship. But we see a virtuous woman is devoted to bringing good to her husband and to her family. She's not only valuable because of her devotion, but she's valuable because of her hard work. Verse 13, the Bible says, She seeketh wool and flax. She's looking for those things that she can use to create uh, something of value. She worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. Some of you moms know what it's like to look for the, the deals. You get into the, do they still have coupons? And, uh, you know, that used to be such a big thing. I remember when we first got married, my wife, and she probably still does, I'm just not as knowledgeable as to what, what is going on with that, but we had a, a coupon book. And she would take that to the store with her shopping list. And she would uh, go through that coupon book. Uh, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you do the same thing. And uh, everything had a coupon. If it didn't have a coupon, we weren't getting it, right? And that's just how it was. And, um, but some of you moms and some of you ladies and some of you men even, you know what it's like to, to, uh, to evaluate is it worth driving to go get this thing that's a lot less money? And sometimes you have to kind of put that factor in there. But going somewhere to get something of value. She, um, uh, the Bible says she, she seeketh, or she is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She has uh, an industrious, quality. She's diligent. She works for the well-being of her household. Um, 
Verse 15, she riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. Um, She also is somebody who has wisdom. She manages resources. She makes wise investments. Verse 16, the Bible says, she considereth a field, and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candles goeth not out by night. Some of you moms stay up late, don't you? And uh, moms many times will, uh, will go to bed reluctantly knowing that they're going to have to get up in a couple hours with those little kids. But you have to get sleep. You have to get rest. And... Uh, and uh, boy, that was that was some hard times, you know, uh, when our when our kids were were just a few days old, few weeks old, few months old, and uh, and getting up in the middle of the night, taking care of those uh, bottles and the feedings and the diapers and all of that that goes along with that. Some of you are in that phase right now, and maybe we'll be in that phase again. We don't know, but. Uh, that is a cycle of life, isn't it? Some of you moms have been in that for, it's not really a cycle anymore, it's just your life. This is who you are. You know, don't know what it's like to get a full eight hours of rest. God gives, gives you grace somehow, he gives you grace to do that. And some of you dads are, are right there with mom, God bless you for that. But her candle goeth not out by night. It's sad that so many in our society do not have that natural affection for their children. And they are not caring for those children. They are not taking care of the the blessing that God has given them. And that is is a sin against God. You have been given a, a gift and you need to be a good steward of that blessing. All things that God gives to us are given to us to take care of and to be a good steward of those those, uh, blessings and resources. Uh, Her wisdom, she knows how to manage resources. Some of you, you you were, uh, you know, uh, you you had children and you got married, you had children, you had all of these things happen so quickly and it was a, a learning curve. To figure out how in the world are we going to take care of all of these things now? How in the world are we going to do this? And somehow God gave you the grace to get through that. And some of you are in that phase right now. You're saying, I don't know how I'm going to take care of all these problems. Or not really problems, but issues in my life right now. How am I going to get through all of these uh, uh, blessings that God has given to me? How am I going to take care of... uh, Paying the bills. How am I going to take care of making sure there's dinner on the table? How am I going to make sure that the children are taken care of? Dressed, fed, bathed, clothed, all, uh, clothed, bathed, fed, all of those things, right? But God gives moms and dads wisdom. Uh, Charles Wesley said, I learned more about God from my mother than from all the theologians in England. Moms, you have such an important role in your children's lives. Many times we look to uh, the great uh, preachers and the great leaders, and if, you know, uh, as history has shown us, 
most of them have been men. But do you know that behind every great man is a great woman? Whether it's a spouse or a mother or both, <laughs> or maybe a teacher, some of you teach uh, as ladies, uh, God has a, uh, an important role for everybody. Do not diminish in any way what God has given to you as your responsibility. You might be saying, well, all, all I have ever done is raise children. I never pursued a career. I never had this opportunity. I never got to do that over there. And you maybe had plans to do something. But do not diminish the role that God gave to you. Moms have a irreplaceable place, a role in their children's lives. Do not give up your God-given blessing, your responsibility. I know that some moms have to, out of necessity, do things and sometimes have to drop the kids off at daycare, take them to school, different things. But as much as you can, be involved in your children's lives. Her compassion, we see there in verse number 20. I'll read down where I stopped. Uh, let's see, we stopped at verse number 17, or 16. She considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle, candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold to the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. See, we see the compassionate uh, mother here, the virtuous woman. Uh, yea, she, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. You know, moms many times are the ones that um, are thought of last because they're the ones that are doing for everyone else. And many times they let themselves uh, be the last one to eat and last one to get something. Um, they think of the needs of their children or even their husbands first. On August 16, 1987, Northwest Airlines Flight 225 crashed just after taking off from Detroit Airport, killing 155 people. One survived that plane crash. A four-year-old from Tempe, Arizona named Cecilia. When rescuers found Cecilia, they did not believe that she had been on the plane. Investigators first assumed Cecilia had been a passenger in one of the cars on the highway onto which the airliner crashed. But when the passenger register for the flight was checked, there was Cecilia's name. Cecilia survived the plane crash because even as the plane was following, Cecilia's mother, Paula, uh, unbuckled her own seatbelt, got down on her knees in front of her daughter, wrapped her arms around uh, Cecilia's body, and did not let go of her. She was the only one who survived the plane crash. See, in essence, that mom gave her life so that her, her daughter could live. See, moms are the, the ones who put others first all of the time. That's why we do take some time once a year. Unfortunately, it's just uh, one day a year that we really emphasize this, that we want the moms to be blessed and encouraged. 
Now, children, there's not many uh, young children in here. Um, most of you are over the age of 13 or 12. But young people, that includes all of you that have a mom, take care of your mother. Call your mom. Text your mom today. You might be saying, well, I don't have a good relationship with her. Ask God for some wisdom on that. Unfortunately, that might be your situation. But on behalf of all of those that don't have a mom here, that their mom is gone from them or they don't even know who their mom is, take time to reach out to your mom. Spend time loving your mother, blessing your mother, encouraging your mother. You might say, well, we have a, that, we have a bad relationship. Do what you can do to restore the relationship. Sometimes it cannot be done. Uh, relationships are like that sometimes. Uh, you should not try to force people uh, into a relationship. If some, something has come into your, uh, in between you and that other person, sometimes you cannot restore that. It cannot be reconciled. But you do what you can do to fix the relationship. Do what you can do. Forgive, extend that forgiveness, or receive the forgiveness if that's the case. Letter F today, her strength, we see, verse uh, 25, verse 25, her strength. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Uh, she is spiritually and physically equipped by God, I believe, to face uh, all of the challenges that come her way. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, uh, the great preacher from England back in the 19th century, pastored the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London. Some of you have maybe even been there. I'd like to get there someday. But Charles Spurgeon was a, a great man of God, a man known as the Prince of Preachers. In fact, um, in college and seminary, I took a class that was called Charles Spurgeon, basically. Uh, it was a class all about the life of Charles Spurgeon because um, the president of our school uh, was so influenced by this man's life. So I got to know a little bit about him. But Charles Spurgeon once commented in a sermon that there was a boy, a very sinful child, who hearkened not to the counsel of his parents, but his mother prayed for him, and now he stands to preach to this congregation every Sabbath. That was Charles Spurgeon. He said, I cannot tell how much I owe to the prayers of my good mother. Well do I remember hearing my father speak of an incident that greatly impressed him. He used to be frequently away from home preaching. See, Charles Spurgeon's father and his grandfather were both pastors. Uh, his father was frequently away from home preaching. And at one time, as he was uh, on his way to a service, he feared that he was neglecting his own family while caring for the souls of others. He therefore turned back and went to his home. On arriving there, he was surprised to find no one in the lower rooms of the house. But on ascending the stairs, he heard the sound of someone engaged in prayer. On listening at the bedroom door, he discovered that it was my mother, Charles Spurgeon writes, my mother pleading most earnestly for the salvation of all her children. And specifically praying for Charles, her firstborn. 
and strong-willed son. My father felt that he might safely go about his master's business while his dear wife was caring so well for the spiritual interests of the boys and girls at the home, so he did not disturb her, but proceeded at once to fulfill his preaching engagement. My mother said to me, Charles said, my mother said to me one day, Ah, Charles, I often prayed that the Lord to make you a Christian. By the way, Charles didn't get saved until he was about, I believe, 15 years old. And uh, he was not able to get to the church that his dad was pastoring because of a snowstorm. So he ducked into a, uh, another church, actually, that was open. And uh, that church was holding a service, even though there was a blizzard. The pastor of that church could not even make it to the service that day, so a faithful deacon was up giving the sermon that morning. And it was in that service, an impromptu sermon, if you would, that Charles had in Spurgeon, the uh, great pastor, the prince of preachers at age 15, got saved. And I believe it was due to the prayers of his mother. He said, my mother uh, told me one day, Charles... I often prayed that the Lord to make you a Christian, but I never asked that you might become a Baptist because they were not Baptists. They were uh, Church of England. Uh, he said, I, I, I pray that you'd become a Christian, but I never asked that you might become a Baptist. I could not resist the temptation to reply, Charles Spurgeon said. Ah, mother, the Lord has answered your prayer with his unusual bounty and giving you exceeding abundantly above what you asked or thought. That he would become a Baptist and not just a Church of England Christian. But we see the, uh, the mother's strength, physical and spiritual strength. I don't know how, I know that God made women to be the weaker vessel. There's, no, there's really no uh, uh, disputing of that. But somehow, God has especially and specifically equipped mothers to be able to handle the things that, that most men could not handle. I can attest to that. Some of the dirty diapers that I have seen <laughs> that I have been privy to, uh, I've seen full-grown men, muscle-bound, physically strong men, dry-heaving, at the sight and smells that mothers many times have to endure and do it with uh, great efficiency and uh, remarkable abilities. So, uh, men, I'm not saying that we need to learn something from women, but we should appreciate them and appreciate what they do and realize that they have a gift from God. We see that, uh, verse 25, her dignity, that she's clothed in honor and she's respected and should be respected by her family and community. And I always say that uh, if you are to be respected, you should be respectable. Amen? If you're to be honored, you should be honorable. So many in our society, moms and dads, are not respectable and are not honorable. So it's hard to respect and honor them. So moms and dads, you need to be uh, honorable. Verse 25, we do see that the virtuous woman uh, is strong. She has dignity. Uh, verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. We see her legacy. Uh, verse 26, she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of 
kindness. Thankful for the balance that God has given the home. The father and the mother. The father and the mother. Of course, I will not pull the audience today. But many did not grow up with a father and a mother. But shouldn't we do all that we can to make sure that the next generation is equipped with a father and a mother? Verse number 27. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up. We see her legacy. Her children, who are not a, uh, a mistake, who are not a burden, although... Some deem their children to be a burden to them. And sometimes it can be difficult to deal with all of the problems, the blessings, if you will. But her children rise up and call her blessed or happy. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Amen. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful. Looking for popularity is, is not uh, a worthy expedition. Seeking to be liked on social media is not what motherhood is all about. Vanity. Popularity. Most effective mothers have done their job without applause, have lived in obscurity. Again, like we say, every great man stands, behind him stands a greater or great woman. We see there in verse 20, uh, 20 uh, verse 30, I'm sorry, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be, what's the next word there? She shall be, great. can we say that again? She shall be praised. See, we, we many times praise those that are beautiful and praise those that are popular, but who we should be praising are those who are honorable and are doing their God-given duty and are faithful. Uh, a woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands. She deserves uh, to be rewarded. And let her own works praise it, her in the gates. We see that her legacy is to be praised by her children and her husband. After all of the social media has passed on after all of the popularity and the beauty and all of those things are gone what is left and by the way i think that you mothers are beautiful and should do all that you can to uh to be beautiful okay but that is not what what motherhood is all about your legacy your children and your family is what lasts. I heard a story about a little boy who forgot his lines in a Sunday school um, play, presentation. Kind of like our Patch the Pirate Pat, uh, presentation. 
This was a Sunday school, and the little boy was up in front of the church, and his mother actually happened to be on the front pew. And she was trying to help the young boy remember his lines because he couldn't remember what he was supposed to say. And she uh, gestured and formed the word silently with her lips, but it didn't help. Her son's memory was blank. How many of you could relate to that at times? You know, you get up in front of people. And uh, finally, she leaned forward and whispered the cue. I am the light of the world. That's what he was supposed to be quoting the Bible verse. Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, right? She said, I am the light of the world. Sorry, I sound like Joe Biden there. But anyways, I am the light of the world. Anybody that stands and whispers in front of people. Anyways, I am the light of the world. The child beamed. And with great feeling and a loud, clear voice, he said, My mother is the light of the world. That was not the line, just in case you were wondering. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. <laughs> and, of course, for that little boy, uh, he thought he had it right. And for him, possibly, his mom was the light of his world. And uh, how many of you remember when your parents could do no wrong? And you got older and you realized that, yes, all of us, <laughs> all of us have problems. And by the way, when we become critical of our parents, just remember that you may receive that same treatment from your children. Be careful. Be careful how we criticize others. Uh, nobody is perfect. I know that's, that might come across the wrong way on Mother's Day. Some people might take that the wrong way. But um, none of us have attained perfection. We're all sinners. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We need a Savior. Praise God that Jesus is perfect. God's son. Uh, Jesus came to earth. He was born uh, perfect. Never once sinned. Could you imagine having Jesus as your son, mothers? I'm sure it would be a wonderful thing. But at the same time, you that have children that are ornery and rebellious if you had a perfect child, it might be more of a problem because it'd be very convicting to me. A child that, that never does anything wrong. But Jesus was the perfect son. He was God's son. Born into this world as God planned it, he took upon him the form of a servant. He became a man. He was made in the likeness of men. He took on human flesh, but he was still perfect. And we know that he died on the cross because none of us have attained perfection. None of us can be perfect without being a child of God. And the way to the Father, Jesus says, the way to that perfect nature is to come by the way of the cross. Jesus 
died on the cross because we needed him to do that. It was not our idea. It was God's idea because God loved man perfectly like no man has ever loved. The Bible says, and you know this verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. See, the world is you. The world is me. The world is you. For God so loved the world. You might be saying, well, not everyone in the world deserves God's love. You're right. In fact, nobody in this room deserves God's love. For God so loved the world. Think about that. He stretched out his arms. Jesus died on the cross as if he were saying, I love you. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son to die. That was not a mistake. Somehow he got uh, caught up in something and and, uh, and uh, the, the government decided we're going to get rid of this guy. And the re- religious ruler said, we don't like him, and so we want him crucified. He could have called 10,000 angels. Jesus didn't have to die on the cross. He is the only person that has ever chose to die. Because all of us have an appointment with death at some point. See, we don't think about death very often. We don't want to. And by the way, it's probably not healthy to. But the Bible says it's better to think about your death than it is to think about your birth. It's better to go to a place of mourning than to a place of feasting. It'd be better to go to a funeral than to a birthday party because at the funeral, we begin to think about what is coming. What is our future? Where will we spend forever? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And because we're not perfect, because we're sinners, we deserve to not only die physically, but to spend forever, for eternity, in hell, away from God. But because God so loved the world, he gave us a way of escape. Jesus said in John that I am the way, the truth, and the life. But no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the only way to God. He is the only way. And you have to think about your future. Where will you spend eternity? Will you be in heaven with God and the saints that have come by the way of the cross, that have come through Christ and been forgiven? By the way, you might be saying, well, yeah, I've heard this before, Pastor. You have to go to church. You have to give money. You have to do good things. You have to do good deeds. And, and maybe uh, when you die, God will say, well, you were pretty good. So uh, because you were not uh, a bad person, then I'll let you in. That's not what the Bible says. That's actually what man has taught. It's a perversion of the gospel. See, the gospel is no man deserves it. No man can earn it. That's why Jesus had to give eternal life. The way to to God is not through good deeds. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace. See, grace is a gift. Grace is what Jesus did on the cross. For by grace are ye saved. Saved from what? Saved from your sin. Saved from the penalty for sin. 
For by grace are ye saved through faith. See, there is something we have to do. We have to exercise our will and say, yes, I need to be saved. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. And so I will receive the gift of eternal life. That's faith. I haven't been to heaven, but I believe. I didn't see Jesus die on the cross, but I believe. I believe. He died, he was buried, and he rose again. That's why we celebrate uh, the resurrection. Jesus is alive. And so believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul said. We read that in the book of Acts. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. How many of you have, have done that? For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, he says, Paul says in Ephesians 2 9, that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's nobody, nobody in heaven boasting on their good works. Nobody deserves to go. But everybody has been given the opportunity. You have been given an opportunity to take and receive that free gift of salvation. Praise God for that. There's nobody, nobody, nobody on the way to heaven today. Nobody that knows, that knows beyond a shadow of doubt that they're going to heaven. Nobody that can say it's because of what I did. In fact... If it had anything to do with us, we would not have assurance. Because we would never know how much we would have to do to earn salvation. But because my faith and trust is completely in the finished work of Jesus on the cross, I can say I know that I'm going to heaven because Jesus paid it all. Amen? Jesus paid it all. I don't deserve anything but Jesus. Jesus paid it all. So if somebody's saying, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person, I'm sad to say today they are trusting in a false assurance because there's none righteous, no, not one, only one that has ever lived a perfect life, our Savior. Praise God for that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you would, let's stand to our feet as we close our service today. Father, I do pray that you would bless this time of invitation. If there's one here this morning that is yet to be saved, and I know that there's more than likely, there's more than one or two, there might be several today, and we're so glad that they are here. But I pray this morning that they would get this settled, whether this was the first time they've heard it or the uh, 500th time they've heard this message. I pray that today that they would receive salvation, be forgiven of their sins, have the burden and the weight of that sin lifted from their back to know that they know that they know that they're on their way to heaven because, Father, it has nothing to do with us. Jesus paid it all. We thank you so much for that, for that truth that we can know that we're on our way to heaven because our, our salvation does not rest in our good works. It rests upon Jesus. So I do pray that this morning that we would see many come to Christ. Father, how we would rejoice to know that there's somebody here that got saved on Mother's Day.
Father, I pray that you would bless um, the invitations. We invite them to come and receive counsel from the word because they have to make a choice whether they choose or they reject. But Father, I pray that today that they would come and be saved. Talk to, to us. Talk to someone who can show them from the Bible how to make that decision. I pray that you bless uh, even the Christian today that maybe was encouraged or um, convicted a little bit this morning from the word. I pray that you'd help each and every person here to make the decision that they need to make, that you have prompted them and convicted them of. In Jesus' name I pray.